Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I have with me today Christopher McGee, who is a personal trainer. He's a health and fitness expert. He's got some ideas about living on purpose that I thought were totally relevant for our show and for you as our audience. Christopher, welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you. And can I just say the shrink who expands is is so poignant and on. I love that. It kind of caught your attention, didn't it? It did. (laughs) Yes. And we're going to expand and maybe even blow your mind a little today. Actually, you know what, Christopher, Uh, as I've looked over your website and as I've gotten to know you just a little bit in preparation for this show, I think you're onto some things that are really important to recognize when we're taking care of ourselves. And how many people, you know, the first of every year, they set these resolutions to, to get fit or to get healthy. And this is your area of expertise. Health and fitness, you do personal training, you've got classes and courses that you help people to understand this. So you're really an educator as well. Is that fair so oh, absolutely. far? It, if I could characterize myself as anything, it would be educator before anything else. Got the heart of an educator. Both my yeah. parents were educators for their careers. Okay. They passed it on. Well, there you go. And as you're educating people, I noticed this first on your website, but you reaffirmed it for me here today as we were talking. There are marketing efforts out there uh, where, where people are, are targeting individuals about health and fitness, and some of those marketing efforts can be very, shall we say, misleading or get us off in the wrong direction when it comes to health, you've got a much more principle-based, um, maybe evidence-supported approach in what you're educating people about. Can you give us a little sense of where you're coming from on that and what your journey has been to, to get there? Yeah. So let's say it's the beginning of a new year. Let's just mm-hmm. pretend. <laughs> we don't know when you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> folks, right now, but- it happens to be January 23rd. We're recording this in January, so this is very relevant right now. Right. But, you know, whenever this gets uh, live, it'll mm-hmm. still be relevant. The, the swell of people who hit gyms come like January to March. It's this huge wave, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. Um, the swell of people who, who look for a diet approach that will work to the end that they're going for, right. which is usually weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, the swell of that is is tremendous. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, the truth is not usually what's most loud. Usually whoever mm. is loudest um, pulls in the most, the most followers or the most, well, money, right? The most, the most people interested in doing what it is that they offer. When it comes to the way you eat, and mm-hmm. when it comes to the way you consume fuel, um, well, I'll just name names. So we've got a huge following for keto, 
before keto mm-hmm. became huge, we had a huge following for paleo. Well, there's still a lot of following in that. Mm-hmm. Um, starting the whole low carb craze in America, we go back to Dr. Atkins. Right. Um, in the 70s, and, and then he kind of popped big in the 90s. Um, that stuff aside, I mean, if you go to the library and look at the different kinds of uh, ways that you can eat, and all of them work to the end of weight loss, and that's what's partially tricky about this. You've got fast metabolism food, you've got intermittent fasting, you've got 100 low-carb options, you've got the Mm -hmm. Mediterranean diet, you've got all of these things. For all of them, in totally opposite ends of a spectrum, you've got like veganism on one side, and you've got the carnivore diet on the other end of the spectrum. Right. And there are, there are doctors on both sides, medical doctors who exclaim that this is working for their clients. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. you have, you have anecdotal stories of people for whom it's working and you might have friends who are either vegan or have gone on carnivore and all their numbers improved and they feel better and they lost weight if that was their goal. Right. And so it's, it's very confusing and it's, it's, it's difficult to work up enough energy to know where to start, let alone work up enough discipline to follow through on whatever the project you pick is. And Uh. and the trouble I see is that people jump into their attempt at bettering themselves in, in this arena they jump into it at the latest fad. They jump into it by reason of the latest Mm. anecdotal story instead of jumping in on an education for how to fuel yourself at square one and then moving off from there. Because what all of these other fads and things are, are are ways that somebody had of either finding something that worked for them and then telling the world that that's what they should all do or going into the research and finding some like satellite issue and then putting that satellite issue on a pedestal and pretending that that's Ah, the secret thing to the exclusion of other basic principles that are probably important to consider. Yeah. When you started naming names there, I I was thinking in my own mind, okay, like what, like keto, paleo, why have I heard of these things? And it's because there's, there's a push uh, and we we mentioned the word marketing, okay? I think it's really important for us to be very cognizant of the messages that are being presented to us and where they're coming from. And I'm not saying that they're not true or right, valid. Right. I, I would probably go the other direction and say all of them are true or valid to an extent. Yes, I would and, agree. And there's reasons why those things have worked for some people. But you're inviting us to go a little deeper and to take a little more personal responsibility for what, it, what we choose to do. To zoom out, if we go yeah. deeper, well, yeah, just semantics, but, but I, would, yeah. I, I like to think of it as zooming out. There's, there's, okay. all, there's this plethora of options for people, and I like to zoom out and divorce food. We've, we've zeroed in on food and, and nutrition instead of, instead of exercise, which is totally cool. Let's run with it. We, I like to zoom out and just divorce food from marketing for a minute mm-hmm. and, and just say, well, what is food? And, and if we look at the entirety of the human population, what is best practice going to be, right? right. If, if, if I'm in the medical community, there's a, there's a 
problem that a doctor could be presented with, like a broken mm-hmm. arm or asthma or whatever it is, right? Sure. And I present this problem to the doctor, and given all of the relevant research around this problem and all of the research around how it's been treated in the past, mm-hmm. we have a conclusion for what the best way to approach this is generally, right? Right. And that's that's right. where people should start on their education for anything whenever possible. But but what happens is somebody goes to a doctor with asthma and it just so happens that medical best practice principles don't apply to them because they have some congenital defect, if you will, that that makes the regular prescription invalid for them. And so they, they use something else and then that person goes and tells the world, this is what everybody should be doing and it contradicts the best practice principle. Ah, uh, yes. So you've brought up an interesting concept, and that is general versus specific. Which, you know what, you could get me going on this, Christopher, because we all believe at some level that we're a special case. (laughs) (laughs) Have you noticed this? (laughs) Yes, but when it comes to nutrition, right, if you don't start at square one, um, and, and you there's no reason for you to know yet that you're a special case that refers specifically to the fast metabolism food or specifically Mm -hmm. to intermittent dieting dieting or specifically to, you know, cutting out all your carbs or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be. So if you start at ground one and move from there, you'll, you'll just, you'll start with a better education and your focus will be on your health and the ability to thrive instead of just weight loss. Right. And there's a critical difference. Mm. I could sit on a couch and watch Netflix all day and eat nothing but one candy bar and I will predictably lose weight. I could Mm. get cancer and go through chemotherapy and predictably lose weight. We we have... You could have an amputation of one of your limbs. (laughs) (laughs) We, We have missed the mark a little bit because all of the... All of the um, manifestations of poor health, all the, th- all the factors that we're looking at, like atherosclerosis or high cholesterol mm-hmm. or diabetes mm-hmm. or uh, metabolic syndrome, which is like a conglomerate of other problems, but all of those things tend to manifest in us being overweight. And so we zero in on weight as though that were the key. Right. And that creates a, a, bunch, of, a bunch of biochemical hacks for how our body is meant to thrive nutritionally for Mm -hmm. us to simply achieve the aim of weight loss, but that might not necessarily achieve thriving health. Right. Which is ultimately more important. Hands down. And and could include as a strategic side effect, weight loss. It almost always will if that's what needs to happen for you. Or in some cases, weight gain. Exactly. Which terrifies some people, but... But but some of us... Look at me, right? I don't, I don't know how well y- y'all can see me on that, but <laughs> and, and, and listening on the podcast, you can't you can't really see me. But you know, I yeah. like a little over a decade ago, I weighed like 130 pounds. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was difficult for me to to gain weight. Now I'm I fluctuate between I'm about 165 pounds right now. And uh-huh. That is hard hard work for me if that's it's what just, I want to do. And and when you're thriving, when you're at a good level of health, that's about where your body's going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to acknowledge something else before we head into the break, because we've used food as an example of one of the principles that's important in health and fitness. You also mentioned earlier moving your body. 
And it feels to me, now correct me if I'm wrong, because you are much more familiar with this particular field than I am, but it, it feels to me like the basic general principles always come down to the fuel and the activity. Yeah, totally agreed. Is that pretty much it? I think that is pretty much it. I, I like to bring it down to the way you move mm-hmm. and the way you rest. That's critical. And, and the way you eat and the way you drink. And, and yeah. I would probably add to that the way you think. And since I'm a shrink, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to kick that out. Absolutely. That belongs in our overall picture of health. Well, and interestingly enough, that drives how you approach all of those other things. And they will have an effect on how you think. Yes, that is true too. There's a ton of research on that. Awesome. Christopher, as we come back from this break, uh, I, I'm thinking we should take some of these general principles that we've talked about and get down to some specific applications of those for our listeners and for us. Let's do it. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Awesome. Folks, this is Christopher McGee at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Live on Purpose Radio today with Christopher McGee. Christopher, you've got me thinking about how I think about health and fitness. Thinking about how you think? I know, right? (laughs) That's called metacognition. And it's a beautiful thing. It'll drive you nuts, too, so be careful with it. Okay, I'll let you think about how you think. But as we think about our thinking and we realize, you know what, there's a lot of media or marketing influences out there. There's fads, there's trends. And and with all of that said and done, there are some basic general principles that are important to understand about your health and your fitness. Um, we've talked about food, for example. Um walk us through this a little bit, if you would, Christopher. You get a chance to coach people, and you do personal training. And I'm sure that you bring them back to these basic principles so they have a basic understanding of that. And then, what do they do with it? Talk to us about that a little bit. Let's get practical. Okay, so so let's go ahead and, and zoom out and divorce food from marketing for a second. And okay. just identify what food is. We'll... we'll is it just anything I eat, right? I could eat this microphone. I wouldn't get much out of it. Mm. Right? It reminds me of some episodes of MASH that I saw <laughs> years ago. This dates me a little bit, but some of you might hey, remember. I've seen MASH. Klingler on MASH ate a Jeep. <laughs> a little bit at a time. 
He was just trying to get discharged. Well, that you know, uh, right, he was always trying eight. to get discharged, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Well, that Jeep was was not food either, right? Obviously, and and no. that makes common sense. But let's just get down to exactly what food is. Food is um, what you eat that has nutrients, and nutrients mm-hmm. are going to be broken into two. You have macronutrients and you have micronutrients. <clears throat> macronutrients mm. are what carry energy capacity. They have calories. And you're looking okay. at carbohydrates and fats and proteins. Micronutrients are essentially vitamins and minerals. And uh, in you, nature... Go you ahead. don't need those in bulk, by the way. Vitamins and minerals. Well... Micronutrients is the reason we call it. You don't have a exactly. bowl full of micronutrients. <laughs> right. they're, they're included in the foods that you eat. When those foods have not been heavily processed or refined. And when they have right. been heavily processed right. and refined, what they often do is, is put that food, whatever it is, on a conveyor belt and spray it down with, with artificially synthesized vitamins and minerals that don't work as well with the human body. Mm. So if we, if we stay zoomed out and we see what food is, <clears throat> every human being has a remarkable similarity in what they require from food in order to thrive. Mm-hmm. There are different ethnic backgrounds and different, you know, what, what your, what your human history goes back to. And, and that will have slight variances in how it shows up in terms of what you will thrive on best when it comes to food. But every human being requires a full array of vitamins and minerals and, and macronutrients as well. So all that being the case, if we stay zoomed out from marketing and just say everybody has remarkable needs, remarkably similar needs, but mm-hmm. some of us have mm-hmm. um, some some aspect of macronutrient or micronutrient that we just don't don't respond as well to and that could be congenital it could be something we're born with it could right. be ethnic it could be it could be a disease that we're dealing with so so if jack and jill are both human beings mm-hmm. and uh and uh they both need fuel in order to thrive and the the quality of the fuel that they eat um dictates how well they thrive mm-hmm. then both of them need the full assortment of macro and micronutrients. But if Jack has celiac disease mm-hmm. and if Jill has, has a, like a religious affiliation that tends her toward veganism, mm-hmm. then they could get in a, in a whole lot of arguments. Jack could be saying you're, you're, you're subsisting on so much grain. Yeah. And she could say, well, you're subsisting on so much animal product and yeah. it's wrong. And look at, look at how well I'm doing with my health. And Jack could turn around and say, yeah, but as soon as I got away from gluten in all of its forms, I, I started to thrive. I stopped having so much GI distress and all of that, mm-hmm. right? And, and Jack might go and write a book that gets a lot of attention about how as soon as he stopped eating gluten or wheat or grains in general, you know, everything yeah. changed for him and everything got better. And, and Jill might write a similar book. But, but, you know... And neither of them are lying. Exactly. There's a place for all those things... Mm-hmm. But none of them ought to be marketed as though that place belongs with every single soul who reads about it. Right, right. So, okay. so the best place to start is what you, you hinted at when you said all of our macronutrients actually exist with micronutrients built in. And I said, unless, unless it's been heavily processed and refined. They've been nuked out of it. If, if 
if you look at the fuel you're eating and ask yourself how much of this has been heavily processed and refined, if you were to eliminate all of the processed and refined fuel that you ate, which would be like 50 plus percent of it, I guarantee, hmm. your health would immediately dramatically improve. And then from there, you could, and, and that's the funny thing. Everybody who writes a book or, or espouses a view, be it keto or veganism or anything in between, has, has the stories of, of people who did what they suggested and everything got better. Halfway through their book, once you're thoroughly convinced that that's the way to go, they say, I also told my clients not to have processed sugary drinks or desserts yeah. or potato chips or things like this, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, oh, well, then we, well, we can't really narrow down all the results of you and your clientele to the one thing that you're pointing at. Right. There's right? so many other factors. There's a lot of factors. And at base level, eating clean is what allows a human body to thrive. Eating clean is, is, is a terminology in my field for when you've cut out all the processed, refined stuff. And a lot of people are starting to not like that terminology, eating clean, mm. because in our very politically correct world, if I say I'm eating clean, then I might be insinuating that you're eating filthy. You're and, and now, dirty. Yeah. And now you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I, I wouldn't worry about it. And, and I don't eat flawlessly clean all the time. And I, and I tell all my clientele that. It would be I, difficult to do so in our culture. So difficult, so difficult. Because, yeah. because we have generations now of, of well, that being the norm. Most of us don't live on the farm. Exactly. I mean, let's be honest about that. We, we get our food from a grocery store. The grocery store gets their food from places that have probably refined or, or revised that food in some it. way. Yeah. A so, lot of it, yes. Yeah, so so let me give some, like, here's what I think people should go do. And okay. th these are some of the first things that I that I ask my clients to do if, the, if they join, like, my nutrition course. Mm -hmm. um, I give you some options, and I say pick one, because I don't want you to completely overhaul the way you eat overnight, because it's setting you up for you a very difficult drive. You will sustain that for a lot it's, of reasons. It's unsustainable, and that's one of the reasons so many fad diets turn into projects that only last so long. Yeah. But... Um, I like to essentially look at the smorgasbord of what I'm eating and say what could improve toward a more high quality fuel source. Yeah. So ask yourself how often you eat at a place that has a drive through and maybe you could cut that out. Just don't stop anymore at a place that has a drive through. Try mm. drinking nothing other than water. Hmm. Right. Just, just try, try that for a week or two at a time. Um, try making sure that you get at least three servings of vegetables every day. That one throws everybody. <laughs> that one throws everybody. Because they don't live on the farm. Almost, almost none of us are getting enough vegetables. And, and comically, yeah. comically, among all the smorgasbord of fad diets and, and options for lifestyles for how you eat out there, Nobody's picking on vegetables. <laughs> people, people pick on meat. People pick on fruit. People pick on grain. People that pick on is true. all the refined stuff, you know, and the and the, yeah. the sugars and the too much salt and the hydrogenated oils. Everybody picks on that. Nobody is picking on vegetables, and there's darn good reason why, folks. So. Maybe we should notice that. <laughs> it is hard to eat too many vegetables. Yeah, you're talking about some very simple, very practical things that people can try right off of the bat. I, I'm thinking about just what you said about drive-through. I'm like, oh, interesting. And if you have time, 
to go through the drive-through, you probably have time to just park at a grocery store, walk in and get an apple and a banana and to walk back To the produce out. section. Yeah. yeah. Right. So increasing the vegetables, uh, decreasing the amount of processed or refined foods as much as you can. And a quick way to do that is skip the drive-through. Yeah, that's one good option. Uh, go to the produce section instead. Yeah. Um, drink only water. You know, uh, uh, we all have our favorite beverages or whatever. And you know what? People don't often drink to rehydrate. They drink out of habit. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the sodas or the uh, processed, refined... Energy drinks. Energy drinks. Um, those are not clean. <laughs> <laughs> Can we use that term still? Yeah. Oh, wow. Simple. But you're predicting, and did I detect in your voice a hint of a promise? That just doing some of those simple things will bring favorable results. Yes, I, I guarantee you, you. You stop drinking soda, and that will be hard if it's a habit for you. Wow. You stop it, and I predict you will start to lose weight. If you were to take your blood readings and see your triglyceride levels and your blood sugar, your blood sugar won't be doing this anymore if you stop drinking soda. Um, so it's the same thing your doctor's been telling you. And your doctor sees that you sees that you come to the table with some problems or the beginnings of some problems with your health. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, doctors sit in a position where where they see that 99.5 or so percent of the population sees that they need a lifestyle change and won't do it. And don't do it. That's why our doctors prescribe so much medication. It's not their fault. Mm. It's our fault for not being willing to alter our lifestyles. So if you can, if you can be willing to just change one thing at a time, because so many lifestyle changes as options are, are shown to us as you have to change absolutely everything. Right. And that, that doesn't have to, as soon as you make one positive change, everything starts going in the other direction. Mm. Yeah. And you are responsible for your health, for your body. Absolutely. Oh, Christopher, you're speaking some truth to us here today. Well, that's kind of your theme, isn't it? It it is my theme. Let's stay stay focused on some truth. How can folks get a hold of you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? Um, So my website is healthfitnesstruth.com. Healthfitnesstruth.com. Yep. And you can find me on social media on Facebook, either as Christopher McGee or as my business page, Health Fitness Truth. You can find me on Instagram with the tag healthfitnesstruth. Health, fitness, truth. You see the common theme here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, on my website, you can find access to nutrition courses that I run, personal training if you happen to live in the area, or uh, even some online downloadable workout mm. programs that are available on my website. Wonderful. And I understand that there's there's other resources, including a podcast that's coming up. Forthcoming. Yeah. I've got um, about five episodes ready, and I just got to figure out how to get it out there on all the channels. That oh, wonderful. But the website, health fitnesstruth.com is where you can connect to Christopher and all of the wonderful things that he's doing to empower us to live on purpose. And that's what we're all about. Christopher, anything else you want to say as we sign off? Nope. Just thank you so much for the time. Oh, thank you so much for your contribution. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. Folks, you've heard it from Christopher. It's time now for you to go live on purpose. <laughs>